This is July 31st. Welcome to Every Day is a Holiday with Mary Stone. And guess what? That's still me. I'm a not-so-newly-ordained interfaith minister. This is the final episode of our podcast celebrating every day of everyone's life. Our message has been simple, and it is that we are all of one spirit. If you don't know what that means by now, but I'm going to tell you anyway, just in case. It means that despite our varied creeds and cultures, at their cores, most religions and faith traditions share the same critical sentiments and principles. It means that we as a human race share far more similarities than we ever allow ourselves to realize. It means that all those who believe in a power greater than themselves are united rather than divided. It means that we need to focus on our individual faith's legacy of joy rather than sapping energies to our differences and thus feeding our separateness. The statement that we are all of one spirit challenges us to honor that which unites us instead of fueling the us and them mentality that will ultimately lead to our demise. The statement that we are all of one spirit disallows the fear-based idea that in order for me to be right, you must be wrong. Because we are all of one spirit. Holidays, holy days, happy days. We have celebrated life, love, loss, and legacy. This was and is our commonwealth. Today is the feast day of Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuit Order of Roman Catholic Missionaries and Educators. The Society of Jesus, as the Jesuit Order is formally known, played an important role in the Counter-Reformation and eventually succeeded in converting millions around the world to Catholicism. Ignatius, the son of a noble and wealthy Spanish family called the Loyolas, was born in his family's ancestral castle in 1491. Little interested in the church matters, he trained as a knight, and in 1517 went in service of a relative, Antonio Manrique de Lara, the Duke of Najera, and Viceroy of Navarre. In May 1521, during the siege of Pamplona by the French, his legs were shattered by a cannonball. Seriously wounded, he was transported to his family's castle, where he was forced to lie in convalescence for many weeks. During this time, he was given the Bible and a book on the saints to read. He came to see the service of God as a kind of holy chivalry and resolved to live an austere life in imitation of the saints. In February of 1522, he made a pilgrimage to Montserrat, where a wooden statue of the Virgin Mary and child, supposedly carved by St. Luke, resides. Ignatius hung his sword and dagger near the statue as symbols of his conversion to a holy life. For the next year, he lived as a beggar and prayed for seven hours a day, often in a cave near Manzresa in northeastern Spain. During this time, he composed an early draft of The Spiritual Exercises his manual for spiritual meditation and conversion. In 1523, he made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. After his return to Spain in 1524, 
Ignatius resolved to gain an extensive education to prepare himself for his spiritual mission. He studied in Barcelona and at the University of Alcala, where he began to acquire followers. Suspected of heresy, he was tried in Alcala and later in Salamanca, but both times he was acquitted. He was forbidden to teach until he reached the priesthood, and he went to the University of Paris to continue his studies. In August 1534, the Jesuit movement was born when Ignatius led six of his followers to Montmartre near Paris, where the group took vows of poverty and chastity and made plans to work for the conversion of Muslims. If travel to the Holy Land was not possible, they vowed to offer themselves to the Pope for apostolic work. In 1537, Ignatius and most of his companions were ordained. Unable to travel to Jerusalem because of the Turkish wars, they went to Rome instead to meet with the Pope and request permission to form a new religious order. In September 1540, Pope Paul III approved Ignatius's outline of the Society of Jesus, as the Jesuit order is formally known. Under Ignatius's charismatic leadership, the Society of Jesus grew quickly. Jesuit missionaries played a leading role in the Counter-Reformation and won back many of the European faithful who had been lost to Protestantism. In Ignatius's lifetime, Jesuits were also dispatched to India, Brazil, the Congo region, and Ethiopia. Education was of most importance to the Jesuits, and in Rome, Ignatius founded the Roman College, later called the Gregorian University and the Germanasium, a school for German priests. The Jesuits also ran several charitable organizations, such as one for former prostitutes and one for converted Jews. When Ignatius de Loyola died on July 31, 1556, there were more than 1,000 Jesuit priests. During the next century, the Jesuits set up ministries around the globe, the black robes, as they were known in Native America, often preceded European countries in their infiltration of foreign lands and societies. The life of a Jesuit was one of immense risk, and thousands of priests were persecuted or killed by foreign authorities hostile to their mission of conversion. However, in some nations, such as Indian and China, the Jesuits were revered as men of wisdom and science. With the rise of nationalism in the 18th century, most European countries suppressed the Jesuits, and in 1773, Pope Clement XIV dissolved the order under the pressure from the Bourbon monarchs. However, in 1814, Pope Pius VII gave in to popular demand and reestablished the Jesuits as an order, and they continue their missionary work to this day. Ignatius de Loyola was canonized as a Catholic saint in 1622. July 31 is Uncommon, Uncommon Musical Instrument Awareness Day, a day to celebrate odd, rare, experimental, and, well, uncommon musical instruments. Throughout human history, musicians have tried to push the boundary of sounds and music by inventing newer and innovative ways of creating music. 
this day aims to encourage people to not only learn to play some of these uncommon instruments, but also to make their own contributions to the world of music by making their own musical instruments. Did you know that the earliest recorded music instruments are about 42,000 years old? Found in a cave in Germany, these flutes were made of bird bones and mammoth ivory. We will close this final podcast episode with a prayer. In, plea, in peace, let us pray to the spirit of many names. For people of all faith traditions, that we may enjoy relationships built on mutual respect and trust. Renew your peace in our hearts and give us the courage of faith in our daily lives. Free us from all prejudice and fear. Deepen our understanding and our love. May those in authority work to establish justice and freedom in their countries and throughout the world. Show us the way to bring your compassion to the poor, the sick, the lonely, the unloved, and the forgotten. For those who seek to be bearers of friendship to young and old, across all age and race barriers. For all who are in prison, condemned, or exiled from their homes. For all who serve and protect our nation. For all who are currently in harm's way. May they be kept safe, wrapped in the mantle of your love. For all parents and teachers, and all those entrusted with the care of children and young people, forgive those who hurt us or distort our best intentions. Forgive us also and remedy our acts of injustice. Console those who are bereaved or are in sorrow. Loving spirit of many names, you care for us all and know all our needs. May we always rest in your love. Amen. Let's wrap up this past year by honoring our connection to spirit by cultivating peace through service, forgiveness, healing, and love. Let's not take ourselves too seriously so that we may accept and thrive in unknowing. Let's keep rebelling against separateness, fear, and injustice and clear the channel of our oneness. Let's vow to delight in the joy that is spirit. There is always a holiday somewhere on this planet. Please find a reason for joy and share it. Thank you for sharing this past year with us. I'm Mary Stone, the Irreverent Interfaith Reverend, with major thanks to my writing partner, His Holiness, Brian O'Malley. <laughs>